Welcome to Nest Church, and thanks for listening to our podcast. We hope this word blesses you today. For more information, visit nestchurch.com. We hope to see you soon. And remember, you are loved. Amen. Um, this morning, I'm really honored to be here. I honor the moments that I have to share the word of God as I, I believe that God can do something powerful in the midst of his word. Can you say amen to that? I believe that this word is life, life to our bones. It is powerful. And I believe that as we share these words, things can happen uh, that are the impossible. Amen. And um, that's what I'm praying for this morning. I'm praying that through God's word, that God do something in our lives that's impossible, that you've classified it as impossible and God is able to do it and it is possible in him. Amen. Praise the Lord. So um, I want to start off by saying that um, you know, I don't think there's anyone here in the church who does not like a good deal on something. Amen. I mean, you guys know what I'm talking about, right? Well, your pastor's not here, so I'm going to talk a little bit about him and then he can talk about it later. But Pastor Regal loves deals, but he doesn't care at what expense. Like it doesn't matter. Like it could fall apart three days from now, but as long as he got it for a good price, he wins, right? So I have a different mentality. I want a good price for a good quality thing, right? So the thing is, is that I kind of like want to pay the least for the very best. Do I have any friends in the house? Amen. Yeah, everybody's part of that, right? Right, right. Now, as most of you know, we're in the process of uh, going on our missions trip this upcoming year um, at the Way Miami, which that's your church as well. And um, we have this event. It's it's a garage sale. And I can't handle haggling with people. I just can't do it. How many hagglers do we have here? Like, you enjoy haggling. You enjoy it? Like, I don't have the face for that. Like, I'd rather let them have it. I'd rather pay for it out of my pocket than, than to haggle with somebody. Now, I don't see anything against it, but I ju- it's just not in my character. And in, in, in the, the garage sales, like, they don't put me to sell things because they know I give stuff to people. Because if they tell me a dollar, I say, take as many as you want, man. A dollar it is. It's all yours. And they, they, they leave winning, right? And the reason why I say that is because in our lives, we, we want to live this life paying the least and getting the best. And that's normal. There's nothing wrong with that. The problem comes in is when we bring that mentality into the church. Because we all know that in the church, that doesn't exist. Today, I, I want to talk about paying a price. And, and there is a cost that we have to pay. And, and like I said, everybody loves a great deal. And um, you see, in the, in the word of God, right, to be a disciple, it means to be a student, a learner. And we all know that to be a student and a learner, there is a cost that you have to pay. And, and we know that there's a great reward after that. But in reality, there is a cost you have to pay. You know, I believe that the church has, you know, some faults. You know, we're not a perfect church. If you've been in the church for more than a day or so and you encounter somebody the day you visited the church, you will realize that the church is full of faults. But I say this because as a church, we do have some faults. And, and uh, as a church, sometimes we have many faults, but there's one that, that I want to talk about today, and it's in regards to discipleship. You know, to be a disciple, to, to be one who follows Christ is one who's a student, who's a learner, one who understands Christ. And there's a huge cost in that. And, you know, as a church, we want to be individuals that follow Christ up close and personal. We don't want to follow Christ at a distance because at a distance we could lose our declaration or what we claim to be truth. And as a matter of fact, there's a disciple that when Jesus was being crucified, he followed at a distance. And when he was questioned, do you know him, what was his answer? Not really. I don't know. I don't even know what you're talking about. He lost his declaration of who Jesus was because of the distance he was following Jesus. Now, he was a follower of Jesus and he was a disciple of Jesus, but his philosophy and his thought of who Jesus was was kind of distorted just because of the distance of his following Jesus. And I want to let you know here today that it matters how close we follow Jesus in our Christian walks. Because as we walk with Jesus and we realize that the closer we are to Jesus, our declaration of who Jesus is, is just a little bit louder, right? And we recognize the truth of who Jesus is. But if we take a couple steps back, then our mind starts getting fuzzy and we start thinking differently and we really don't have our thoughts in order. Do I have a friend in the house of God? Amen. So there is a price to pay, a definite price to pay to be in Christ. There really is. Now, I want to be honest with you, salvation is absolutely free. You know, Christianity is not what we do, but who we are. And we understand that. 
But as a child of God, we must understand that there is a cost in this Christian life. There is a cost. You have to understand that. And, and, and false advertisement is not, never good advertisement. You understand what I'm saying? And the church in today's day and age is advertising this Jesus where there is not a cost or a price that we have to pay. And that is not true. Although salvation is free and you are saved, it does not mean that this walk is a walk of sacrifice and cost. And that's truth. You know, there was a group of individuals in the Bible who had a cry of who Jesus was. And they were individuals that when Jesus came, they started shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. We use this story many times in the time of Christmas where it's a triumphal entry. And here's a story where there's a group of individuals who are just shouting to the bottom. Like they're shouting with everything they have, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. And I say this because many times our proclamation and our worship and our prayers are great at first, but they will be challenged. And I'm going to explain this a little bit more. The story goes on to say that the individuals that surrounded Jesus, they removed their clothing, they threw it at his feet, they got palm branches and they threw it out before Jesus and they proclaimed, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. You know, there are times in our lives where we don't count the cost properly. You know, as individuals, we really have to count the cost in everything in our lives. You know, when I go to an expensive place with my wife, I have to recognize how much money I'm going to waste. If I have to bring out the credit card or if I can use my normal funds. You guys know what I'm talking about, right? You have to count the cost. And hope to God you have it either or because if not, you're going to have to pay for it with your sweat and tears. And I don't know how, if you're going to wash the dishes or whatever the case may be, but you have to pay for what you ate. We have to count the cost in everything we do. So here's a group of individuals who are counting the cost and say, you know what, this is the Savior, this is the Messiah. Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. They were saying Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Would you say that this was a group of people who had their minds on right? I'd say they were. But I ask you this question, where was the same group when he was being crucified? They were shouting, crucify him, crucify him, crucify him. You see, there was a price to pay, and the price was so high that they were not willing to stand up for Jesus at the end of day. Their proclamation was great up front, saying, Hosanna, Hosanna, and here he is, the Messiah. But when he was being crucified and Jesus was on the cross, where was every individual that was singing, Hosanna, Hosanna, in the highest? You know, there was a cost, a cost. You know, Jesus, when he comes into the scene, right, in the book of Matthew, he's riding in a what? What is he riding in? In a donkey. In the book of Revelations, the Bible says that Jesus will return in what? A white horse. They were laying branches and clothing at the feet of Jesus when he's coming in the triumphal entry. But the Bible says that now in heaven, what are they laying at his feet? Crowns. You see, there is a price and a cost that Jesus paid to receive the crown, to receive the white horse. In our lives as individuals, we must understand that the transformation of a donkey to a horse, a transformation from palm branches to crowns, a transformation from a lamb to a lion, all these transformations deal with what? A cost and a price to pay. We have to understand in our lives that as children of God, that God is worthy of our praise. But there is a cost, and we have to understand that in our lives that we're going to have to pay the price for something. Something great costs great. We have to understand that nothing comes for free. That is false advertisement. You know... I'm going to use a personal story because this is the only way I know how to do it. And usually my personal stories relate to my family. You know, how many people like um, theme parks? You, got, you guys like theme parks? Yeah. 
I hate theme parks. I hate them. I, I don't like them, and if I never go to one again, I'm, I'll be a happy camper. But when you have kids, you know, you recognize that you can't run away from it. But, you know, in, in my life, um, for those of you who do not know, Luke is under the spectrum of autism. And um, when I go to these parks, the first thing I do is I go to customer service. You guys know what I'm talking about. Ali, you know what I'm talking about, right? And this is what I tell them. Listen to my story. I say, listen, if you want your guest to have a magical experience, don't make me get in line with my son. He's not going to make this park a very magical experience. So why don't we work something out? And you give me a fast pass. So I show them the doctor's letter and everything else, and, and guess what they do? They give me that fast pass. So this summer I went to a, a water park. Check this out. Don't, don't, lose, don't, don't get lost here. I went to this water park, and um, the fast pass there for kids with disabilities is just you walk right in. You don't wait for anything. You don't have to put a time frame. You don't have to do You just walk right in. Here's the problem. When you're walking right in, you're walking past people who've been waiting in line for like three hours. And they look at you funny. And then they, you hear them saying, where are they going? And you hear them say, mom, how come we can't get past the line? I've heard it with my own ears. And they say, well, they paid for that. And, and they're, they're, they're absolutely right. I've paid for that. I've paid a lot. See, here's the thing. Many people want to pass without the process. So uh, you, you have to understand that, that when I go to these parks, I've paid a price in my life. It's a price that I, I don't want to pay, and it's a price that I would give up to anybody to not deal with what I deal with. But just because I've paid the price and I've gone through a process, I'm allowed to. I'm allowed to. And we have to understand in our lives that when we pay the price and we understand the cost and we go through a process of, of, of God, right, that there are moments in our lives that God allows us to go through and get by. And he grants us access because we've paid the price. You see, the crown doesn't come without a process. The white horse doesn't come without a cost. The lion is not revealed without a price. Like there is something that we have to go through to receive glory. It just doesn't come. And there's a huge price that we have to pay. And when you realize that there's a price you have to pay, you say, okay, Lord, what do I have to do? And there's responsibility behind that. I heard a great, great teaching on responsibility. It's your response to the ability you have. It's super easy. Do you know how many people have ability and are not responding? That's your price. That's your cost. Where God grants you the ability, yet you don't respond. And that's when God says, you must be responsible with your spouse. You must be responsible with your ministry. What does that mean? You have to respond to your ability. And every single one of us has an ability. We have a price that we have to pay. Everything has a price. <laughs> no way around it. You have a price. You know, I love individuals who come to church and um, they get themselves on a spiritual highway. Catch me on this one. You ready? They're on a spiritual highway. They got on, on, they got on, on, on 40th Street on Bird Road. They got on thinking that it was a free ride. And before they know it, there's a toll booth right in front of them. And they got to pay. And they were wondering, what happened here? No, you got to pay. You know, at least at, at the way, I, I mean, I, I know everything that you guys do, and it's, it's a beautiful thing, but at the way, Miami, I tell everybody. You see, when you got here, you parked in the closest parking spot. We walked you down. We, you know, we, we, we treated you like if you were royalty. But you got to understand that there's more to church and more to Christianity than feeling good. I want to show you something real quick just on this verse here. In the book of Matthew that we spoke about, I think they put it up here behind me. I want you to understand that the multitudes were with Jesus shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna, right? And when he's on the cross, they're screaming, crucify him, crucify him. It's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. I, I, I hear this story and I'm like, God, what happened? 
what went on. But you know what? It, it didn't steer Jesus to do something else. Because, you know, Jesus' value and purpose didn't come in people or the applause or the declaration of who he was because he is who he is. I am that I am. And I say that because if Jesus would have put his importance on the declaration of Hosanna, Hosanna, then when everybody is missing, then what is he hanging his hat on? And I say that because today's day and age, when you pay a price, you're going to understand that when you pay a price, it's personal. And you can't depend on the people around you who are giving you the greatest, you know, compliments and who you are and what you do. And, and giving all this smoke and, and complimenting you and telling you how great you are and how awesome this church is. And just the, the, the continuation of all this great, you know... Because they will leave you. Some of you grew up without parents. They left you. But your value doesn't come in them. People in the church leave. But your value doesn't come in them. Relationships will leave you. People will fail you. But your value doesn't come in them. Your value comes in the Lord. When you place your value on people, then their actions affect who you are. Don't give authority for an individual to bring you value. People don't have that authority. If that were true, Jesus would have never hung on the cross because he was alone. And sometimes we complain when we're alone. But sometimes it's important to be alone. Because God wants to test you on why you're here and what you're doing. There's a price to pay. And Jesus shows us in his life that despite the multitude and despite the cry of who he is, he's going to accomplish what God has called him to accomplish with the price, no matter the cost, because the reward is greater. Can you say that with me? The reward is greater. The reward is greater. Despite whatever the situation is, the reward is greater. You know, we have to get to a point in our lives where our desires are not as great as our discipline. You may not understood that because everybody has a desire. You have a desire, you have a desire to be with somebody. You have a desire to start a family. You have a desire to go to school and build a career. Everybody has desires. But so many of us lack the discipline. Because the discipline is what allows you to accomplish your desire. So your life is just a life filled with desires without accomplishments because your discipline is lacking. And that's hard to hear. Because, like I said, you could desire to, to get married with somebody. But it isn't desire that's going to make a marriage. Your desire isn't going to walk you 20 years of marriage, ups and downs, losses and gains. That is not going to get you through a marriage, a desire. What's going to get you through marriage is a discipline. You know, you could... You know, you can color your, your kid's room whatever color you want, and you can apply whatever lotions you want on him and make him smell whatever oils you like. You could. But what's going to make your child a God-fearing woman or man of God is the cost of your parenting, the price you pay on your knees. And it goes like that with everything else, with church, like desires of so many great things without the discipline needed to accomplish it. And Jesus shows us very clearly that a desire without discipline is just a thought. A desire without discipline is just a thought. Have you met those people that have been wanting the same thing for so many years? I'm here to tell you today, you need to change something up. There's a price and there's a cost. And we're going to get into different situations in our lives on how we could pay the cost. 
and recognize that there is a huge price for us to pay. Christianity has always been about developing a personal relationship with Jesus and recognizing that this life is about dying to self. You know, in this modern day age, America and church, this is not a message that you're going to hear. But this is the truth. I wish you walking through these doors. And it's like you rub a genie in a bottle. I wish. But that's not what church is. God cares more about you than to allow that to be church. Because as you pay the price and you pay the cost, you recognize the value of what it is you're paying for. Um, it was my anniversary a couple months ago. And um, I came back from Spain about a month ago. And it was about the same time. And uh, I went to the mall with my, my family. And uh, we were in a store. And... Uh, I saw these earrings. Unfortunately, my taste is expensive. It just is what it is. I can pick whatever it is, and it's the most expensive thing in the store. Do I got a friend? I don't know what is going on. I pick, I like that one, and that one is the most expensive one. It always happens to me. So we go into the store, and um, it was our anniversary. We are going to Spain, and, and my wife wanted these diamond earrings, and I said, you know what? H how much are those diamond earrings? Yes, they were the most expensive ones in the store. So I said, no, no, no. I started praying, Lord, let Lukey misbehave. Let me get out of here. I don't know. I was just, it was an awkward moment. Here, here's the truth, man. What's valuable costs money. And what's really valuable never loses its value. You know, I'm going to say this joke. It's not nothing personal, but you can always get things cheaper and highly. It just is what it is. You guys know what I'm talking about? Like, you don't know where it came from. The guy may come to your house in a truck and just open up the trunk and sell it to you, but it's usually cheaper in Hialeah. Do I have any friends? Do I know? You know what I'm talking about? It just happens. <laughs> Praise the Lord. But, you know, have you ever worked really hard for something and paid face value for it and you felt accomplished for it? Because you worked hard for it, man. The degree you gained the status of your marriage, your ministry where it's at. Like when you accomplish something because you paid for it and there was a cost in it and you did it, man, you feel good. Do I have any friends? You could go get something fake, but deep down inside, you know it's not real. And as individuals, I want to challenge you today to work hard, to seek the Lord, and to recognize that there is a cost and a price we must pay. Because that's where you find things of value. You know, people will hooray you and hurrah you to accomplish something great for you to sacrifice, for you to pay the cost. But many people are not willing to do it. They're not willing to do it. And that's where you distinguish yourself. Where you say, no, I'm willing, I'm ready, I'm able, and I'm going to do this. And God is calling the church and challenging the church to say, man, pay the price. See the cost and pay the price for your struggle, what you've been praying for, what you need God to deal with. Like, there's a sacrifice and a cost that we must pay. And if you don't want to pay it, you will not. God is not going to bargain. And I want you to hear that. You've got to pay for it you got to pay the cost. you got to recognize that there's a sacrifice. And there's things that we really want that God says, no. From good to bad, that God says, no. And then you say, okay, Lord, help me to understand. And how do I pay for this? How do I recognize the cost? And how am I, gonna ab how am I able to do this? How am I going to do this? Well, your foundation needs to be spiritual. You know, Joshua, in the book of Joshua, Chapter 1, verse 8, Joshua's words to the Lord are, Lord, what am I going to do now? Because Joshua's in a position in his life where he starts off in the wrong foot. Do I have any friends? You walk into a mess. Like, it's not what you prayed for. That's not what God, you know, when you had your box of marriage and you put your little wishes in there and you prayed for the box, it's not exactly what happened. Or when she was pregnant and you laid hands on the belly, it's not exactly what came out. You guys know what I'm talking about, right? 
where you start off, where, where it starts off in a mess. You, you guys know what I'm talking about? This is Joshua's life. He started off in tremendo mess. He started off in failure. But look, in the face of failure, be faithful. Be faithful in the face of failure. Because when we're faithful in the face of failure, then God is faithful. It happens all the time. And here's Joshua, man. He looks at God. He says, God, what am I going to do? Like these people are destroyed. Like they weren't able. Moses wasn't able to accomplish what he needed to do. And now here I am. And I have to fill in Moses' shoes. So it's like he's starting off in, in the worst situation. And here are the words. And I want to read these words to you because they're very important words. In the book of Joshua chapter 1 verse 8, it says this. This book of the law shall not depart from my, thy mouth. But you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written therein. For then you shall make thy way prosperous and you shall have good success. Listen, we need a spiritual foundation in order to recognize what we have to pay and what the cost is. And how do you have a spiritual foundation? His word You think you have a spiritual foundation because you come to church once a month or twice a month? And when it's a good month, you come to midweek. That's not our foundation. Our foundation is not that. Our foundation is meditating on the word of God. I mean, read the verse. You want success? How many people want success? If I say you want success, everyone's going to clap it up and give a hoorah. I mean, you know how it is, right? Yeah, I want success, pastor. Well, here it is. It's meditating on the word of God. There, 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 there it is. And, and if there's any counsel I can give you here today, it's not only meditating on the word of God, but allowing the word of God to never depart from your mouth. And that's a spiritual foundation where you can say, Lord, I want to accomplish the cost. I, I want to pay for what, is, what I need to pay for. I need to do this, Lord. So here are some points, and, and there's six points I want to do quickly here. Today, the, the price is absolutely needed to pay. You must pay the price. You have to pay the price in this book. If Jesus did it, you need to do it. If Jesus hung on the cross, you need to hang on the cross. The Bible says, carry your cross, what? Daily. This is a sacrificial life. This is, this is like, Lord, here I am. I, I need you. I want you. I need you in my life, Lord. And, and today we're going to talk about some, some things that come from my life. I'm, I'm going to show you some things that I've had to pay before. And, and I've, I've seen my life and say, Lord, my God, I, I need you. Because I don't know if you guys have ever felt this, but physically, have you ever felt like you can't pay for something? And you don't know where the money's going to come from. Do I have any friends? Yeah. And spiritually, sometimes I feel that way. I say, Lord, how am I going to pay for this? I, I can't, Lord, not in my own strength. So paying the price is absolutely essential. Here we go. Um, as individuals, when we walk this Christian life, I, I want to let you know that you don't have to pay the price once. You have to pay the price every single day. This paying the price thing is continual. I love the individuals who say, Pastor, you know, I've gone through so much already that, you know, how much more do I have to do? It's awesome. Like, look, how many like, Pastor, how many times do I have to forgive this individual? Well, the Bible says, right, you have to forgive 70 times 7. If you're not good at math, it just means forgive all the time. It just is what it is. <laughs> this is continual. Like when you come to church today and God wrecks you and he builds you up, tomorrow he's going to wreck you again and build you up. This life is a life that you have to pay every day. Every day of our lives. I want to set you up for a true relationship with Jesus. This is what this is all about. You have to pay no matter what. It, it just is what it is. Like some of us feel that once we pay once or once we do something that we don't have to do it again. How many of us have ever prayed for perseverance? You pray for perseverance? Perseverance? Well, what does perseverance mean? It means this. To do right after you've done right. Meaning, you're going to do right, and if it's not answered, you're going to continue to do right. Some of us can do right to a certain point. But when the answer doesn't come or the reward isn't there, then we're like, all right, God, that's it. No, no, perseverance means that you continue to do right. Right over right. You continue to seek God. And that's what perseverance is. Many people will stop short and not fulfill it. They'll, they'll stop because they get tired. 
here's the key to that. Paying the price is continual. It never stops. It's daily. Here's a verse for that. In the book of Mark, chapter 8, verses 34 through 38, it says this. Whoever desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Watch this. For whoever desires to save his life for my sake and the gospel will save it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? You know, in our lives, we must understand that every single day, it's a day of carrying our cross. Coming to the Lord and saying, Lord, here's my life. I surrender it. It's a continual payment. We cannot get tired of paying. I love this because if you don't pay your light bill, you know what happens? What's going to happen to your light bill if you don't pay? You, you know, I don't know, but in the church, we feel like we don't have to do anything and we're still going to get paid. If you don't pay your light bill, what happens? FBL. If you do it a couple of times, they're going to do automatic pay, and they're going to take your money no matter what. See, spiritually speaking, we have to understand that our life is a life of laying our life down, paying, and knowing the cost, and recognizing that with the Lord, nothing is free. Some of us think that God's grace is so great that we can do whatever we want and receive whatever we want from the Lord. And that is absolutely false. That's false. I want you to understand here today that your flesh says it's easy. The devil, he wants to defeat you. The world wants to conform you. This is a daily life. Where we have to come before the Lord and say, Lord, have it every single day. Have you ever felt victory when you're right with God? Can I get an amen? You're on point. You're on point. Can I get an amen? You're on point. Man, you're super spiritual. It's that time of the year. You're doing good, man. You come back from a trip, you come back from a retreat, man, and you're walking on water. Man, you're evangelizing on Instagram, and you are a super Christian. I'm telling you right now. Don't get me started on social media here today. Please, I have to behave myself. I'm not at home. Well, I'm, I'm at home, but I'm not really, really, really with the people I can really insult, and they can't leave. Oh, Jesus. You know, in our lives, we, 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 we look at, we, we, we bring God so much lower than what he is because of who we are. And God doesn't have to bless us, guys. And God doesn't have to do anything for us. I hate to tell you that today. That, that God doesn't have to do absolutely anything for you. Because he already did it for you on the cross with Jesus. He doesn't have to heal. He doesn't have to do anything. Because Jesus already did it on the cross. So I want to let you know here today that paying is a continual thing. Paying the price is continual. That's number one. Number two. Um, have you ever felt that you haven't reached your greatest potential in the church? Where you've just strayed a little bit? I want to let you know that you've stopped paying. That's what happened. You stop paying. <laughs> when you stop paying, you stop paying the cost, the price. When you stop battling on your knees and you stop doing the things spiritually that God has called you to do so that you can achieve reward, right, in the Lord. When you stop paying, when you stop recognizing the cost is when you stop fulfilling God's purpose in your life. And now as an individual, you are stagnant and you are frustrated because you've stopped paying. You've just stopped paying. You've stopped praying. You've stopped seeking the Lord. You've stopped doing the things that God has called you to do, yet you are desiring a reward. Do I have a friend? I've been there before. Where you say, God, I need, and God, I this. And, and in reality, my life has nothing to do with the Lord, but yet we're asking God to bless us. Because that's what we've created God, unfortunately, in some churches. That's not what he's about. So here today, the second point is this, is that when you fail to pay, you fail to reach your greatest potential. It's important to pay and understand the cost. In the book of Luke, chapter 5, verse 27 through 28, it says this, Jesus said to Matthew, follow me. So he let down everything, including his tax table, and he followed him. 
he realized that anything that had to do with his past and anything that would bring him back to the place where he came from, he was going to have to let go. So guess what he left? His tax table. It's amazing because God calls us to leave everything in order for you to recognize your potential and do what God has called you to do and you to pay the price. You have to leave your prior life behind because if not, it's going to creep up on you and eventually you're going to stop paying what God has called you to pay. Number three, not everybody pays the same price. Man. Not everybody pays the same. This gets me upset. You know, um, somebody drives the same car you're driving, right? And you ask them, man, it's, it's, it's a beautiful car. I just got it. Oh, me too. You know, how much you pay a month? Oh, $250. And you? And you have to lie because you're paying $400. You know what I'm talking about? And you're like, what happened? And not everybody pays the same price. You know, in our lives as Christians, we have to recognize that the person sitting next to you doesn't pay the same price you have to pay. When you keep your eyes focused on the Lord and what God has called you to do, it doesn't matter what you pay. And it doesn't matter your reward as long as I pay what God has called me to pay. And that's where you're going to remove frustration. Look at what the book of Luke chapter 9 verse 22 says. If anyone desires to come after me. If anyone desires to come after me. Let him deny himself. And take up his cross daily. And follow me. It, it's time for you to pick it up and do what God has called you to do. Pay your price. Don't look at me and say man. I, I want your reward, but you don't want to pay my price. And that's a huge, that's a huge issue. Because here's the deal. And, you know, let's just look at life in general. An individual who's married, and this is real. An individual who's married, who has a partner, who has a marriage. And, and the whole thing of, you know, what modern day America has created, what success is and everything else. And you don't see yourself somewhere there. And you ask yourself, man, I wish I could be there or whatever the case may be. The truth is that you don't know how the individual got there anyways. You don't know the price they've had to pay. It's like me at Legoland or Typhoon Lagoon. When I, I get on the fast pass lane and I walk right past everybody. And they're like, man, I wish I could be walking. I wish I didn't have to wait. And I, to myself, I'd say, I wish I would have to wait. Because you don't know the cost in this oil. You don't know the cost in this oil. And that comes from the story in the Bible. Where the lady's broken and she's just pouring it out before the Lord. And here the Pharisees looking at that situation and judging her. Because it's easy to judge when you don't understand the cost. And the pain in there. You look at pastors, you look at ministers, and you desire what they have. You don't want that. Because there's a process that comes along with that. There's people who've been healed, and, and the stories go on and on of the rewards that people have received. But there's a process for that reward. Now, the process is for everybody. The desire is there for everybody. But the discipline is what you need. So, as individuals... We must understand that we do not pay the same price. So don't desire the reward that the person next to you has. Unless you're willing to pay the price. <laughs> that was number three. Number four. The greater the thing you desire, <laughs> the greater the cost. Have you ever heard somebody talk about all that they want or all that they desire? That costs a lot. Do you know how much that costs? Quite a bit. I want to read you a verse uh, this morning as we uh, get into this one. In the book of Luke, chapter 12, verse 48, to whom much is given, from him much will be required. Those who want more godly things must pay and sacrifice more. 
You know, you as an individual, if you're struggling with something today that you feel like you can't pay it, God is saying, yes, you can. Yes, you can. You just got to die to yourself. This is not about you. This is not about what you desire. This is about me. You know, you could sing and cry out Hosanna all you want. Where the singer at? You know that song, Hosanna? Hosanna? I don't want to sing because I do it in my church, but I want to do it here, but you know Hosanna in the highest? How's it go? Can you sing that? Yeah, that's a beautiful thing. Keep on going, girl. Go. Yes. It's beautiful. But I want that song in my life consistently. In the cross, I want that song to be sung. Because many times when we're faced with the cross, we're screaming, crucify him. We want a risen Christ. They want a risen Christ. That was their prayer, a risen Christ. But there was a price. You want a certain marriage? There's a price. You want to parent a certain way? There's a price. You want to be freed from certain addictions? There's a price. There's a price. It just doesn't happen, guys. I wish I could sit here and lie to you, but it's not what I do. There are moments that God falls down with ultimate glory, and he does things that blow our minds away, <laughs> because I've experienced that as well. I've prayed for people. They've gotten out of wheelchairs. I've done that. I've prayed for people that haven't gotten out of wheelchairs. I've prayed for people that have been sick. They were healed. I've prayed for people, and their fevers got worse. There's a price. There's a cost. The more you want, the more God is going to ask of you. Number five. Whatever has value, it's for a reason. Don't try to minimize things. I've seen myself trying to haggle prices and haggle certain things that have ultimate value. And people just won't sell. You guys know what I'm talking about? Where you think you have skill and you try to take your haggling skills to, to a place and they look at you and they're like, it's not happening. And you're like, they're going to call me back. And guess what? They never call you back. Because there's a price. And there's a reason why things are expensive and, and, and are worth things. You know, I'm all about, you know, paying for what is worth. I really am. My wife says, <laughs> you know, like I said, I have expensive taste. Every time I point something out, it's just expensive. And, and man, it's, it's a terrible curse I have. Do I have any friends, by the way? Any? All right. But I realize that there's reason why things cost money. You know, as an individual, I've, I've recognized that when you buy something good, it's good. You know what I'm talking about? Man, it's good. And it may have taken you a year to get, two years or three years to get, because of the price you paid and, the, and, and what you realized. And you wanted it, so you're going to do whatever it takes to get it, right? And when you finally get that <clears throat> and you realize how valuable it is, it's because it's valuable, and you can't take it away from the object. And there's a price that Jesus is that I'm, willing, I'm not willing as a pastor to sell out. I'm not doing it. Now, what I'm about to talk about here today, <clears throat> I hope it doesn't offend you or you, you, you look at me any differently here today. But I'm not willing to, to sell out on the gospel. I'm not willing to grab Jesus and make him cheaper. So that people can buy him. What does this mean? I'm not willing to fill every chair in my church. And then not preach the truth. Because I tell people all the time. You came with a happy face. We treated your children awesome. But the minute you heard our views on same-sex marriages. And everything else we stand on. Guess what? You had to pay a toll. It wasn't a free ride. Did you get that? I'm not bringing the value of Jesus down so that people can buy him. If you don't want to pay for the price of Jesus, then don't buy him. It's like I did the day I went for, for the earrings. I left the store. I'm not doing it. 
And I know your pastor very well, more than anyone here besides his father. We're not selling out. It's not happening here. Not here, not in any of our churches. Jesus costs a certain much. If you want them, you got to pay for it. It just is what it is. Can we give the Lord a clap offering this morning because he's worth it? In the book of Matthew, chapter 7, verse 13 and 14, as we read these verses, um, Tito, can you come up and, and play with me here? In the book of Matthew, chapter 7, verses 13 and 14, it says this, strive. Somebody say strive. Strive. Whoever told you Christianity was easy, they lied to you. I love preaching the word of God to the way it is. Whoever told you it was easy, text them right now and tell them you're a liar. At least the Christianity that I follow and what the word of God teaches is not easy. If you don't believe me, and like, oh, this guy, who's this guy? You know, I know you're visiting us here today, but what's this guy saying? Look what the book of Matthew says. Strive to enter. That means you got to put some effort because it's not easy. But it says, strive to enter in at the narrow gate because the road to destruction is easy, wide. It's easy to live in the world. To do what I want, cuando me conviene, like it's easy. It's easy to do that. The world is easy. You don't know how many meetings I have with people that say, Pastor, since I've gotten into church, I, my life is, is just turned upside down. I know. Because it was all wrong. And when you come to Christ, he's got to put it right. And that hurts. It hurts to put broken things together. It hurts that when you think what's right, God says it's wrong. It hurts when you have a desire that is not of God. It hurts. It hurts. It hurts. Narrows the gate because the road to destruction is easy and broad. Most people, what does it say? Most people. Choose the path of least resistance. Choose the straight and narrow gate which few enter. This church thing isn't easy, folks. The gospel of Jesus is not easy. It's not easy. There's a reason why they wanted Jesus instead of Barabbas. It's a reason. The easy answer when you have a criminal in Jesus before you, is what? Let Jesus loose. But because Jesus came to wreck society and wreck everything that they were, and he was a nuisance to them, guess what the people chose? The easy one. Barabbas. You know how many times I've seen myself in the crowd choosing Barabbas over Jesus? Come on. Give me Barabbas. He's an easier option. He's easier because I don't want to have to deal with Jesus. It's an easy one. So many times in my life I've seen myself faced with decisions of right and wrong. And I place decisions of right and wrong from easy to hard. Which one's easier? Which one's harder to do? And there are times that I choose the easier one, which is the wrong one. Barabbas was an easy choice. Because he didn't care what the religious people did. He didn't care what practice was being done. He murdered people, but they don't care because it doesn't affect their life. So the easy answer for the Jews are crucify Jesus. Because it's the hard one. And in our lives, we have to understand that. That there will be moments where we have to choose the broad or the narrow way. And I'm here to tell you today that Jesus' name, the mention of Jesus, can heal the sick, the blind can receive sight, 
There's no addiction that can stand in front of it. There is power in that name. It can transform death to life. And I could sit up here today and just continue telling you what Jesus and his name can do. Because that is truth. But he paid a price. And it was a cross. The last point here that I want to share with you today. The Bible says that Jesus was a lamb. And he was led to the slaughter. And if you look at the story of Jesus, I ask you today, did you ever notice or did you ever read anything in scripture where Jesus complained? Did he complain? No. As a matter of fact, the Bible says that he was a lamb led like a sheep to the slaughter. And for those individuals, which I don't take care of lamb and I've preached before on, on shepherds and Israel gave me great revelation on what shepherds are. But I've heard that when you kill a lamb, they have no idea what's happening and they just go quietly to the slaughter. And they, they just die easily. It's not like a pig. My dad, my dad wrecked my mentality when he took me as a young boy to go kill a pig for Noche Buena. It was a disaster for me. I'll never be the same ever again. But it definitely is not what a pig does. But I say this because when you complain, you stop pain. God, I hope you heard that today. If you ever see yourself not doing what God has called you to do so that you could receive a reward, it's probably because you've allowed complaint to settle in. Think about that. When I share the word of God, I'm, I'm clear to tell you that I don't have authority or power to do anything in your life. And so many people put so much authority and power over a church and people, which we don't have. God has that. You have to understand that when you complain, you lose connection with God. Example, those who are in a relationship, can I see your hands? The most happiest moments in your relationship is when there's no complaining. Man, there's nothing like an off switch when you complain. When you complain, you hit the off switch. It's over. Like, complain just kills everything. Just don't look at each other. See, some of you looking at each other, just look this way. When I've complained about the price I have to pay in my life, I've seen my mentality a little bit different in my parenting with my son. When I complain about you, the church, my pastoring hmm, gets a little twisted when I complain. When I complain, I, I don't love the same. When I complain, I, I don't serve the same. Complaint has a power that you will stop paying. You will stop serving. You will stop worshiping. You'll stop praying. You'll stop when you start complaining. When your eyes are unfocused on Jesus and they focus on anything else, complaint kicks in. And the only difference in your life right now is that your, life, your, your relationship with the Lord is not the same. And all you're doing differently is you're complaining. In the book of Luke... Chapter 9, and that's the last point, number 6. In the book of Luke, chapter 9, verse 62, it says this. But Jesus told him, anyone who puts a hand to the plow and then looks back is not fit for the kingdom of God. Now you may be saying, well, what does this have to do with complaining? I'll tell you why. Because the minute you look back, you're going to start complaining. For example, if you're pushing the plow and there's no harvest, who cares? Just keep plowing. Don't look back. The minute you look back, you're going to complain. And we have to understand that our responsibility isn't to look back. 
our responsibility is to go forward. And when we're done doing what God has called us to do, in his faithfulness, we believe that the crop will come. How many of us know that when we're, well, I don't know if you do know, but when you plant a seed, it just doesn't happen. It takes time. There's a reason why the Bible says don't look back. Don't look back, man. Pastor, I've been praying for X amount of years, and this is a struggle that I've had. I feel like I can't pay this, and I don't know what God is trying to do. God says, I want what you have, because what you have is enough. It's not enough. Give it. All I have is flour and a cup of oil. Give it. But it's my last meal. Give it. You see yourself in a situation that with what you have, you feel you can't pay for what God has for you. I ask you today to just pay with what God has given you. Just give it. Pay with it. Give him your desires. Give him your heart. Sacrifice a little bit. Just do it. Because with just a little, God can do much. With just a little. He'll transform your donkey into a white horse. With just a little, he'll transform us from lambs to lions. With just a little, your palm trees will be crowns. Give the Lord a clap offering this morning, amen. I want a church. That sings Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. Always. Always. That you be distinguished as an individual, that you sing Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. Today you may see yourself in a situation where you feel it's too much, God. God, you've You've asked for too much. I can't pay this. I can't pay this, God. I'm here to tell you today that yes, you can. Because God created you to receive that reward. And if God created you to receive the reward, then guess what? God created you in a way where you can pay for it. I don't know where your ministry is at, where your family is at, where your relationships are at. I do know one thing. That if you have to pay for something, guess what? God has made you able to do so. I'm going to ask the girls to come up today and, and sing that song, if you can, Hosanna in the highest. And if we don't know the chords, if we can go a cappella with that. And I'm going to ask the church today, you, where you're at, do you see your reward? Do you know what your reward can bring you? But you see yourself in a position that you can't pay. God, I can't, man. I failed in paying you back in this. I just can't do it. Today, the altar is going to be open for you. And I'm going to pray with you and pray for you, for God to strengthen you. If you want your things to transform in your life, you want things to change, God is telling you today, believe in me, and I'm going to change them. There is a price to pay here today. And I ask you today, if there's somebody willing to pay the price, for what God has promised you today. If there's somebody here today, if there's one, two, three, four individuals who say, Pastor, I want to I pay the price today. I, I'm not going to run anymore. I want to pay this. The altar is open for you. Can you stand here today and come to this altar today? Don't wait for anybody. You can come forward here today. You can make your way up. Today, can we come before the Lord and say, Hosanna. Hosanna in the highest. Jesus. Father, I ask that your Holy Spirit move with freedom in this place. pray that you capture our hearts 
as we are in your house this morning. And Jesus, as you sit at the right hand of the Father and you paid the ultimate price, I pray that as we're on this altar here today, oh God, you encourage us, you strengthen us,